with our harvest completed for the year, the folks out here in the county have decided to hold a farmer's market. We still have a few tomatoes left, both red and green. I think the Samantha has a few yellow ones, but we've been using them to make yellow tomato juice mostly. If you're lucky, they can get a pot of yellow chili made for you using beans and peppers and tomatoes and a little bit of chicken. That would be some really good stuff on a hot, on a cold day like this, and a hot chili bowl would just liven you up. Maybe put some of that bread in it, cornbread like they have over at the Naomi's Inn. We don't have a pumpkin spice latte here, but we can always get you a pot of coffee if you need it. And we are has selling boxes of orange mini pumpkins. They're about one pound each, so I'm a little smaller. Any size you want. We've decided to make this a last of the year sale since it's Thanksgiving and pumpkins are about out of fashion now. But you can pick these up for about a dollar a box. It's the same boxes we used for strawberries last spring. There aren't any bones or blood in these pumpkins. You just have to decorate them yourself. I think they'd still make great pies. Anyway, come on down to the farmer's market located where Blue Diamond gas station used to be. Welcome back to Dawn's Day on the Dusty Road. This, of course, is the most important day in Dawn's life so far. Not only is she getting ready for winter break in high school, it's the middle of her sophomore year. Dawn is also getting ready to have her baby. Now, it's going to be a couple days yet, and she's feeling mighty uncomfortable. Starla's been asking her to go in town and stay at a friend's, but Dawn wants to stay out with her mom and with her friend Melissa. She don't want to go in town and leave the dusty road. So what Dawn's been asking the volunteer fire department to do is bring a brush truck out to her. You know, they have those big farm trucks with the wide tires, the big spongy tires. Those things will handle the gravel better than an ambulance will. Ambulances have narrow tires and get stuck in gravel and mud. They can always put Dawn in the cab or in the back of one of those trucks and haul her out of there to the hospital. Now, it's getting towards Christmas and Pasco and all that, but even with Weihnachten season here, the scene is not going to take place in a barn or manger. We're not going to do that old scene again. You can leave that one to Jesus and do a few TV shows. They've done a great job covering it, and it's a nice Christmas tradition. But Dawn's going to have something a little better. Now, what we have seen is a parade of ghosts in and out of the bedroom. Sometimes it wakes up Melissa and makes her complain a bit. Dawn said she was awake already, and she grumbles, but she says it's no big deal. I was already awake, and I'm feeling pain in my back and just kind of upset. And Dawn's had to been texting her ex-boyfriend. She's been asking him what he plans to do about the baby, if he's going to do anything to help her. And all he talks about is he wants to get back together and try dating again. And she says, no, she's done with it. She don't want to date him ever again. But he says he wants to try. So, 
there was a couple phone calls and Dawn had to tell Melissa that it was okay that she was just shouting at the phone that this boy keep bugging her and at one point the guy said Dawn deserves to live in there with her and Dawn said you deserve to go back in the swamp with the alligators so she had a real thought about him I think maybe someday Dawn will try to get married, but she's only 16. She ain't in no hurry to get married to nobody right now. Now, with all this stirred up, we noticed some swirling and turning in the atmosphere, and it started getting dark with low clouds. There was a lady in a magenta dress standing out in front of the gas station looking for a ride there. She was near that split rail fence they're putting up. And there was soaking rain falling on her head, getting her cold. But at some point, that rain turned to snow. And we noticed a good, thick, heavy snow falling on the dusty road and the gravel and the houses and the grass and the cornfields. Everything's done growing for the year, and the temperature dropped real rapidly. Hi, Dave. You're back in. Dave Cat's here. She's checking out the ghost hunt again. you doing? Hi, jump up here. Come on, Dave. Come talk. You gonna talk to me? Dawn sat at the window and watched the snow falling. And Melissa helped Starla cook some beef stew. They had a nice time doing that. Dawn wanted chicken soup, so they made a little chicken soup for her. Just got a can out and Melissa added some potatoes to it, made it nice for her. I think she put green peppers in it too, so it gave it a nice flavor. Kitty Cat's his mom now. It was sometime after the snow quit, and they decided to pack up supper and get ready for bed. That's when Dawn started moaning a bit and saying her back hurt. Her mom told her to go to the hospital, but Dawn said no, she wasn't ready yet. She didn't want to. So Dawn called the fire department and told them just to be on standby. Maybe they would run her up. And they said they would call an ambulance to meet them on the highway when they got a chance. So it was a couple hours after that. Dawn settled into a warm bath and said nothing was going on, not to worry. Melissa went to bed, and Starla sat up watching TV, waiting for something to happen to her daughter. And sometime after that, Dawn felt shifting and moving in her belly, and she got out of the tub, dried off, put a terry cloth robe around her, and tried to tie it around her big belly. And she walked into her mom, kind of waddled in, and said, Mom, I think it's time. So, Starla asked if she is ready yet. She said, yeah, call the fire department. And Don went over by the front door and sat down in a chair to wait. She managed to put a coat around her belly and tighten it up a little bit. She didn't have a thing on her legs or anything. I don't know why. She just didn't feel comfortable. And... The fire department pulled up to the door, and they honked the horn a couple times. 
Starla put a pair of shoes on Dawn's feet and helped her walk out through the snow. And just as she got out there, she saw the clouds part. And as the sky cleared out, she noticed a bright red aurora over the sky. And Dawn looked at those colorful lights. Didn't see any of the rainbows or the moor patterns in there, just natural auroras. And she thought that was the most beautiful thing she's seen. And thought that was a nice, pretty display. She happened to see a red ghost out there. That was Karen, who she'd met before. And Melissa's mom, Cindy, was standing nearby. Now, she already had her own mom, Starla, to guide her. But Cindy came up to her and told her that Dawn was in good health and strong and don't worry about her age. This birth would go okay. She would get to the hospital in time and the baby would be born healthy. So Dawn squeezed Cindy's hand and she felt the fingers warm up and squeeze her back. And Karen smiled and looked on. Melissa walked her friend out to the brush truck and gave her a hand up with the fireman helping on the other side, and Dawn got in the back. And from there, the brush truck only had to drive about a mile up the dusty road to get to the gas station and the ambulance. They got out of Gurney, they lowered it, they raised it up to the level of the brush truck, and helped Dawn scoot over and lay down on that Gurney. They put her head up. They put a blanket over her legs, and then the fireman asked her if she's okay. She moaned a little bit, said, yeah, I'll be fine. And they gave Starla a chance to ride along with her daughter, which she accepted. Melissa decided to go back home, and the bus truck gave her a ride home. That was nice of them. Melissa had texted her friend on the trailways bus and got a reply back this time. And that was a miracle. Melissa looked on in shock. So Dawn reached the hospital just fine. They got her checked into the emergency room and took her up to maternity. Starla supplied all the IED and everything. They got an IV put in. And they brought in oxygen in case Darla needed it. She said she doesn't need it. And apparently not. Nobody done anything yet. And the doctor checked out Dawn and said it would be pretty soon now, not to worry. Apparently her pain last night was she'd been in labor for a little while all night. So things are moving along pretty quick. And they asked her if she knew the gender of the baby, and Dawn said no, she didn't. She hadn't checked out yet. So they told her they could bring in blue or pink if she wished, or yellow if she wanted. And she said, I don't know yet, but I think pink will be okay. And she said, no matter which gender it is, I want it named Aurora. And they said, what? And they said, yeah, I don't care if it's boy or girl, I want it named Aurora. Because I saw the lights outside, and I was thinking Aurora is a beautiful name anyway. I don't want to know on the end of it. 
I don't want something that sounds male or female. I just want Aurora. So, she texted her ex-boyfriend and said, I'm calling it Aurora. It's none of your concern. Stay out of it. And the boyfriend did not text back, didn't even offer to come to the hospital. So Dawn said she would just raise this one by herself. She thought about adoption, the hospital offered paperwork, but she said no, she'd just keep it. She would stay there with her mom, it's the best place for her. At least till she gets out of high school. Starla offered all the help she could and said, she would help her look for a place or a job on her own when she got out. And Don said, I just want to finish high school first. I'm done crying. I'm done thinking about this. I'm just going to take care of the baby. So, for Dawn, this is how she ends up on the dusty road. It's really not because she's bad or anything. She didn't do any drugs or alcohol. She just made some poor choices in men. And it brought some financial hardship to her mom. They end up having to sell their house, and the only place they could find and afford was a haunted house out on the dusty road. Pretty cheap because it was haunted, and they had to get it fixed up a little bit. You might call that a fixer-upper in some neighborhoods. And there was really no problem. Well, come on, Dave. You can jump up. I moved the candles. Jump up. That's candies. We'll use those later on. Well, I don't want to chew candy while I'm doing a podcast, you know. Dave, Dave. Dave, come on. You can stay down there. I don't know what you want, though. I can't get up to feed the cat right now. You've been fed once already, maybe twice. That's okay, Dave. I understand. Well, let me do this, then I'll play with you, all right? Okay, so back to the podcast. What we're talking about now is Melissa getting a text from her missing friend, Alice, of Go Ask Alice when she's 10 feet tall fame. And this Alice had been texting Melissa and saying, we don't know where we are, the windows are all frosted up, the driver is lost. And can you help us find where we're at? And then she heard the sound of trumpets blaring over the phone. And she couldn't understand any of the words. She just heard voices talking and everyone asking, where are we and what's going on? After that, she got what appeared to be a broken web page, but it was just hexadecimal and HTML code all mixed together. And the hexadecimal looked like a computer program trying to come through. But when they showed this hexadecimal to police, no one could decipher it. They tried to program it into computers and found absolutely nothing. There was nothing. Well, just recently, as Alice was going to the hospital, Melissa got a text. And she quickly called the county police about it and said her friend had called her and texted her and Alice was back alive again. And Alice said she was at 
a Texas Roadhouse in Colorado and had no idea where most of the people were. She said the bus dropped them off there and the driver gave them a card to get some food and that they would meet up with their families and debrief with police soon. So Melissa asked them to contact her. Maybe they would send someone to pick up Alice. And she said Alice had contacted her mother and would be back in the county as soon as the police were done with her. But she warned Melissa. She said, we are not the same anymore. And Melissa's like, what? You, you got to tell me more. What do you mean? And she said, something changed us. We are not the same anymore. Melissa said, that's not enough. What happened? Were you injured? Did somebody kidnap you? She said, I don't know. It wasn't Earth. I don't understand what happened. But The bus drove into darkness. We couldn't contact anyone on our phones. I tried contacting you, and all I heard was the trumpets. Melissa said, I heard the trumpets too. She said, some people came back muttering gibberish. Some people were asleep or maybe comatose. And Alice was just very scared. She was shivering. She did not understand what happened. She said the driver thought he was getting into an accident only to see the bus come to a rolling stop with none of the electricity working. The engine was gone. The electricity stopped. He couldn't open up the door. And the emergency exit on the back would not open. So Melissa just stayed on the bus and there. Alice just stayed on the bus and tried not to freeze. It was cold weather, but nothing bad was happening inside. Somehow they managed to stay warm enough. It was about three months later they realized they hadn't been eating. No one was even hungry. They weren't even asking for water. And the adults were asking, what's wrong with this? Are we dead or something? And the teenagers were saying, no, we're still alive, but it's like suspended animation. Someone said, time frozen. And Alice said, yeah, time frozen. And they asked, why? What's going on? And it was about that time the driver heard the radio start up on the truck heard the song Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree by Brenda Lee playing and he went up front to check the ignition and found the battery turned over he heard things click to life and someone said start that thing up let's get out of here and the little field trip with the teenagers on it got started and the engine started up more to life it's about that time the bus drove out and the driver headed straight for Denver and saw the Texas Roadhouse. That's where he dropped them off and said to try to get a bite to eat because nobody had eaten in a long time.
so they ended up arriving safely. Alice got mashed potatoes and meatloaf. Some of the other people got steak. That's a close distance. What is that? It was a half-hour drive west to Denver and ended up just fine. Now, the driver could not explain to the police how they ended up on Aurora because they were out visiting some mountains and mines, but they were nowhere near Denver and Aurora. But somehow the bus ended up being placed there. Alice is feeling fine. Her vitals checked out good. Her blood pressure and temperature and everything were fine. But her hair has grown long, and she still acts scared to death. Whenever there's a tap on the window or someone comes in the door, she turns around and looks behind her. And even though she sits calmly, the other parents have been trying to calm her down. That when she tries to answer a text on her phone or she hears the bing-bing of WhatsApp, the girl jumps a little bit and acts like she's scared. So it's like she told Melissa, we are not the same anymore. And what we're trying to figure out is exactly what that means. Melissa said there has been talk of alien abductions and mysterious appearances of people disappearing from one spot and ended up in another location, some kind of geo-relocation, along with missing time in the mountain, Rocky Mountains area. Uh, another customer in the restaurant talked about taking her to see a psychic in Cheyenne, Wyoming, but she said no, she wanted to get home. It's hard to tell on a dusty road exactly where home is, but she told police it wasn't far, that she probably didn't need to fly. All she told people was directions and showed them the address of the place on her cell phone, and they said yes, they could drive there. So, Alice has a ride home. Let's see. We'll send Alice straight to her parents' house, and she'll see Dawn when Dawn gets home from the hospital. Melissa said she would meet Alice at Alice's house. They would be fine. Alice lives in town. She doesn't live on the dusty road, but for now, her parents are on the dusty road at the gas station. They'll meet her there. Ali uh, Melissa is happy to see her friend again. Absolutely happy about that. And... I'm happy to get that story started and kicked off. We've been waiting a long time for an update. Alice checked her backpack and noticed all of her things there, but she found a bottle of water frozen. I mean, not just slushy or a little bit of ice in it, completely frozen shut. And that seemed odd. Because none of the people on the bus froze, but all of their water and sodas and sports drinks were completely frozen. 
Even a driver's coffee had frozen over, and he put sugar in his coffee. So that stuff is pretty thick. When Alice gets back, she'll be surprised to see the ice and snow on the dusty road. That's the first time in a year we've had a good snowfall on the dusty road. She's also surprised to see the gravel on the road. It wasn't done. And Alice was also surprised to see the Blue Star Market completely caved in and most of it torn down now. She saw Henry Dixon out walking his dog and she called out to Bear and said hi and the dog sat down on its butt looked up and her goes like that like he knew Alice pretty well so I think we'll end on that note and Alice is gonna check with her doctor and get another physical here to make sure she's alright she's also planning to get a haircut in town somewhere she said not out here on the dusty road this place doesn't have a good barber so but she did get checked in at the hotel with Naomi, Naomi and Alice and her mom are in the second floor tonight. The only thing that scared Alice there was she heard a bang, bang in the dumbwaiter and then saw a pair of black boots walking down the second floor hallway. The girl jumped and ran over to the door to look at that and then she snuck back away like, no, no, I don't want that near me. And at that time, Karen appeared and just asked, what are you afraid of? And Alan said she thought it was an alien and Karen said no it's a friend of mine let me check this out I'll take care of it for you and that my friends will end the adventure of Alice and Dawn you never know what you'll find next on the dusty road the auroras are still glowing <laughs>